Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for these few moments this weekend. I hope you're ready for Christmas. Believe it or not, it's this week, and uh, towards the end of our message today, we have some things going on here at Arlington FM that we'll uh, inform you about. Uh, but for now, we've got a great message uh, in store. I do want to mention to you the Version application. It's absolutely free has all kinds of reading plans. Uh, one specifically that many of us are going through uh, this Christmas season called The Hope of Christmas. I would encourage you, it's not too late to look that up. And also uh, on the app, lower right-hand corner menu, open events, search for Arlington FM, and you will find a complete set of notes for today's message. Well, we are in a series uh, through Paul's letter to the Romans, and it's from uh, the end of his letter this amazing uh, invitation, Romans chapter 13, verse 12, uh, Paul says, because of all that Christ has done, the night uh, is nearly over. The day is almost here, so let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And see, uh, Paul gives us this invitation. It's really a summons to live with a different orientation a different perspective than the day-to-day. -day. It's to live within the big picture of what God is doing through Jesus Christ. And uh, I love the way uh, King David, writing hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, uh, said, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. He's saying, uh, God has done something great. He's given us a great opportunity, and we're going to take full advantage of that. Uh, well, uh, if you've been around for the last few weeks, you know that uh, within Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, the Dawn Treader series, we're doing a series within a series called Making Spirits Bright. And uh, that comes from this uh, proverb, chapter 17, verse 22. A happy heart is good medicine. And that's not only true uh, for us, but it's true through us to others. A happy heart is good for people. And a joyful mind brings about healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. And uh, see this invitation uh, to live towards the day, towards the dawn of what Christ has initiated. Uh, it's really an invitation to be people who are of joyful hearts and a brightened heart and spirit. And uh, here's one thing I've learned in my uh, decades of trying to follow Jesus is that often the road to that kind of happiness that brings healing to myself and others it's, a, it's a, a, a difficult one. It's a challenging one. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not as if we step from darkness into light and all is suddenly well. In fact, we are promised that suffering will be a part of that journey. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a cost that we have to consider. If we want to be a part of what Christ is doing in the world, part of the cost is suffering with Christ. Uh, you know, the Bible is very clear about this. Uh, in Acts chapter 14, the Apostle Paul is encouraging and strengthening some of his friends who are, have found faith in Christ and are trying to follow him. And we're told that uh, uh, after encouraging them to remain true to the faith, he said this, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom. Uh, hear that plainly. That's not fine print. That's right up front. Uh, Paul says, look, if you want to be a part 
of this new day that Christ has initiated. You want to be a part of what God is doing in the world through his followers, then you need to fix this in your mind. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom. And uh, in fact, Paul uh, comes to that very reality in Romans chapter 8 as we've uh, been progressing through his letter. Here's what he says, Romans 8, 17. Uh, the Spirit of God himself testifies with our own spirit that we're God's children if we've been born again. Uh, now, if we are children, then we are heirs. We can expect an inheritance from God. We're co-heirs with Christ if indeed in fact, I'm going to ask you to read those yellow letters with me, yellow lettered words, uh, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Uh, now, this is the second conditional phrase in Romans chapter 8. You'll remember last week, uh, Paul said, uh, look, this amazing life is happening in us, the life of the Spirit, if we walk according to the Spirit and not according to the desires of our uh, flesh. And now the second phrase, uh, we can expect to be heirs with Christ to inherit this amazing kingdom if we share in the sufferings of Christ. And uh, to use the language from last week's message, if we want to come fully alive in the death zone where everything's on the table, uh, where we're on the precipice, there's two things that we get to do. We get to walk according to the Spirit, and we get to decide that to share in the sufferings of Christ in order that we may also share in his glory. Uh, you know, it's a, an interesting uh, condition. Uh, to share in the sufferings of Christ would mean this, uh, to suffer or to feel pain together along with Christ. And think about that, the pain that Christ felt uh, not just in the pain of the cross, but his entire life of giving himself to those who are far from God. Uh, to share in the sufferings of Christ is to suffer troubles and difficulties in this way, in like manner. You know, Jesus didn't suffer because he did bad things. He didn't bring suffering upon himself like so many of us. Uh, Jesus suffered uh, to live a life of obedience to God for us so that he could purchase us and open up to us this new day. Uh, you know, there's a kind of a microcosm of what God is inviting us to share in, uh, kind of seen in the, that story of the Magi coming to see the baby Jesus. And they get involved in a, in a, in a clash with King Herod. And uh, it's this contrast. Uh, Herod is kind of represents uh, the old age. In fact, Herod embraced the religion of the Jews. He rebuilt the temple for them to where it became one of the wonders of the ancient world. And if you're a Bible reader, you know it was referred to as Herod's temple. And so uh, Herod was okay with the religious system that was in place. But when he heard that a king of the Jews was born, he was threatened. Uh, Herod wanted nothing to do with uh, allegiance to a king that would threaten his rule. And uh, the wise men come with quite a different disposition. They saw a sign in the heavens indicated that, uh, indicating that God had done something exceptional, uh, that someone had come who was born king of the Jews. They came to offer allegiance. They came to bow. 
they came to open their treasuries to him. And uh, Herod's response is so much opposite to that. Uh, see, Herod, he wanted a form of religion that allowed him to retain his power and his resources for himself. And when that form of religion was threatened, uh, he fought back. He resisted. In fact, uh, he did horrendous things in the name of retaining his power and his resource. And see, Christ comes to forgive, but he also comes to call allegiance. He says, look, if you want to follow me, you got to take up your cross and suffer as I suffered. Be willing to give yourselves uh, for those who are less fortunate uh, to use your position and your power and your resources to actually live for others, uh, to even uh, give yourself for your enemies, uh, to lavish them with kindness in hopes that they can experience the love of God through you. And uh, Paul's invitation for us to participate in the kingdom of Jesus is uh, it, it has this condition. Uh, we can fully expect to have a full experience kingdom if we share in his sufferings. And I would just say this, that seems like a high price tag. Maybe you're thinking that uh, that seems like a high price tag to experience the kingdom of God. And here's the truth. It is. It is a high price tag. In fact, Jesus said before we ever set out following him, we should count the cost. And make sure we're ready to pay that price to experience uh, the life that he came to bring. And so this message is meant to help you say, uh, yes, it is worth the high price of admission, and I'm fully prepared uh, to pay that price. Uh, here's what Paul says about the sufferings that we're invited to share with Christ for others. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And see, here's what Paul is saying. What God is bringing about in you and what God is wanting to reveal through you will far outweigh the difficulties and the challenges. Uh, you know, when Christ talked about bringing this kind of life into the world, he said it's like a woman in childbirth. And now is her time of pain and trouble, but afterwards she forgets all the pain and the suffering because a child has been born into the world. You know, it's easy for us men to say it's well worth it. Uh, but a woman who goes through that level of travail, and uh, my wife did it four times, but she would agree that uh, these, uh, the difficulties, the sufferings, are not worth comparing with the life that is brought into the world. And uh, so we might say, well, uh, how could... Uh, the life that God wants to bring in me and through me be so great that it would outweigh the challenges and the difficulties. Well, here's what Paul says. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory because creation itself waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. He goes on, verse 20, for the creation was subjected to frustration in other words, it's not working as it should. Anybody agree with that? Not by its own choice, but by the will of God who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. This is a bombastic statement. 
This is a huge statement. Uh, Paul is saying that creation itself uh, is somehow uh, attached to uh, our progress as followers of Christ, as children of God, and that uh, to the degree that we experience freedom and glory, the world experiences freedom from its bondage to decay. You might say it like this, the world is hanging in the balance, and uh, we choose to suffer along with Jesus so that more of his life can come into our world. Uh, read those words with me again. Uh, Paul is saying the world is hanging in the balance, uh, and when we choose to suffer along with Jesus so that more of his life can come through us into our world, uh, the world is delivered from its decay and its bondage. Uh, that's an incredible statement, uh, but really it comes down to where we live. Uh, because the degree to which I uh, take on, share uh, the discomfort, the challenges, the sufferings of Christ, and experience his glory and freedom in my own life, uh, I bring it into my world. If I'm married, uh, my marriage uh, will either suffer decay, uh, a tapering off, a wasting away, or it will move in the other direction towards freedom and the glory that God intends for that relationship. And see, my part in that is my willingness to lay down my life, uh, to suffer uh, along with Christ, uh, to put the interests of others first, uh, as Christ did for his bride. You know, I recall uh, the first uh, Christmas when uh, I was an engaged young man, and I remember giving a, a very nice gift to my uh, bride-to-be, and uh, to this day, I can't recall exactly what it was, but I do remember the note I included with that gift. And the note said the, had these words, uh, may God always use me to show you how much he loves you. Uh, those are noble words. Uh, may God always use me to show you how much he loves you. And what I came to realize over four decades of marriage is those words were much easier said than done. It was much easier to say that than it was to do it. In fact, there were many times uh, over the years when I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to lay down my own interests and take on the sufferings of Christ in order that the love of God could be revealed through me to her. And, uh, you know, it's uh, this truth that all of creation including our little corner of it, it's either we're either going to influence it towards decay and bondage or we're going to influence it towards freedom and liberty and glory. Uh, where I live, uh, my neighborhood will be influenced by who I am becoming. Where I work uh, will be influenced by who I am becoming. And uh, I can be an influence for incredible good or I can be an influence uh, that just allows the stagnation and decay that is normative in our world to continue. Uh, Paul says in verse 22, Now we know this, that all of creation has been groaning as in the pains. There's that allusion to, to giving birth. All of creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into our present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we too groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the full redemption of our bodies. Uh, verse 24, for in this hope uh, 
We were saved, but hope that is seen is really not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. What's Paul saying? Uh, he's saying, look, we've started on this road. We started in this process of becoming what God has designed us to be through our allegiance to Jesus Christ. We're, we're underway, but we know we're not there yet. Uh, we've got a long ways to go. We want to be uh, influenced by the Lordship of Jesus. We want to join him in his sufferings to bring life into our world, that glorious liberty and freedom from corruption. And yet, uh, how many of you know, we're not there yet. It's a process. And Paul says uh, part of that process is we groan. Uh, there's something in us that longs to be more complete, uh, more uh, further along the way than we really are. You could say it like this. We're not there yet. In fact, we're not even close, but we are underway. And what Paul's saying is our hope sustains us. You see, in the New Testament, hope uh, wasn't just like uh, hope springs eternal, you know, that our baseball team is going to make it to the World Series this year. Uh, hope in the New Testament is a confident expectation of good. Uh, as Paul would say later in Romans chapter 8, if, if God did not spare his own son, will he not also freely give us all things with him? That's hope. It's that confident expectation. Uh, we're on the way. We're not there yet. We have a long ways to go, but we have hope. We have confidence that what God has started, God is going to finish. Uh, I love this Psalm 84. It, it speaks of people who are on the way to worship God. And uh, it's an arduous journey. It's a long process filled with difficulty. They have to go through some challenging times and places. In fact, uh, verse 5, Psalm 84 says, How blessed are those whose strength is in God, whose hearts are set on the journey. They're set on pilgrimage. And as they pass through the valley of Baca, which was a very dry and a very difficult part of the journey. Uh, anyone ever been there? Uh, maybe your faith journey, that's how you would describe it now. It's very dry and it's very difficult. Uh, and here's what the psalmist says, uh, as they go through, and the emphasis on through those difficult places, they make it a place of refreshment, a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go on from strength to strength until they arrive at their destination before God in Zion. Uh, you know, there's a, a bike ride I'm fond of, uh, kind of circles Lake Washington, and uh, there's one part of the ride that is particularly difficult for me. Uh, yeah, I've, at this point, I've ridden 25 miles. I've gone up several uh, pretty good uh, inclines, uh, but this last incline uh, seems to go on forever. And uh, some days when I'm on that fifth or sixth incline of the ride after 25 miles, uh, I feel up to the task. It goes okay. Uh, it, it's hard, it hurts, it's challenging, but I make it uh, all right. And then on other days, I hate that part of the ride. I absolutely detest it. Uh, every turn of the pedals seems to require all that I have. Uh, and it's those times, Paul says, when we're going through the challenging parts of our journey that our hope pulls us forward, our hope sustains us, and God meets us 
in those times, which is exactly where Paul goes in Romans 8, verse 26. Uh, as we're uh, suffering, as we're sharing in the sufferings of Christ, Paul says, in the same way, uh, the Spirit of God helps us in our weakness when we're not who we want to be and we're not as far as long as we'd like to be. The Spirit helps us. We don't even know what we ought to pray for. Anybody ever felt that way? You know, you don't start praying because you don't know where to start. Uh, Paul says, in those times, we don't know how to pray for what we ought to, but the Spirit himself prays for us, intercedes for us through our wordless groans. Uh, you know, sometimes we think we don't have the right words to pray. That's okay, because the Spirit of God interprets our groanings and uh, helps us. He who searches our hearts, which is God, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. What he's saying is when, we, uh, when we're being tested and tried, when it's really, really hard to put the interests of others ahead of our own, when it's hard to give ourselves uh, to people we don't agree with, uh, we'd like to despise them and ridicule them, and instead God says, love them, demonstrate uh, the love of Jesus, even for your enemies. Uh, when we don't know how to uh, pray for strength in those times. The Spirit of God does, and he interprets our groanings. Uh, you might say it like this, when we choose to suffer along with Jesus for the well-being of our world, God is fully engaged with us. Uh, hear that promise. That when you choose to give yourself for the others uh, in the world, in your life, in your world, and it's hard and it's difficult, you don't know even what the next step is or how to pray. God is fully engaged with us through his spirit, uh, teaching us and interpreting those groans that are too deep for words. Well, uh, Paul uh, now finishes this exhortation to gladly uh, suffer along with Jesus so that we can be heirs and we can uh, participate in the glory of what God is doing in us and through us into our world. And he ends uh, with these marvelous words, verse 28. And we know that in all things, God is working. God works for the good of those who love him in the way that we've been describing and those who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, and then this uh, statement of assurance and confidence for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that we would share in his life and in his sufferings and in his resurrection power. Uh, he, he conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and those he predestined, he also called. There was a time when they responded, when you and I responded to the voice of God calling us to follow Jesus those he called, he also justified. He made us absolutely right with God. And those he justified, he also glorified. You could say it like this. Uh, God is absolutely committed to completing the good work that he begins in us. He's absolutely committed to it. And see, this is, this is life. Uh, this is difficulty. This is facing our challenges. Uh, this is a day in, day out. Uh, continuing our journey, even when it becomes arduous, 
This is life according to the big picture. And this interprets uh, all of the costs that we might pay and puts it in perspective that it's not worth comparing with the glory that is being revealed in us and through us. And I would just say this before I lead us in a prayer. Uh, this is a process we simply cannot do alone. Uh, we need each other uh, to stay on the path. Uh, we need to encourage and exhort each other, just as Paul did with these early Christ followers, reminding them it's through many difficulties that we enter into the kingdom of Christ. Well, would you pray with me? Uh, Father, thank you uh, for the gift of Jesus. Thank you for this time of year when we celebrate the reality of Christ's coming. And uh, we would just be reminded uh, today, Father God, that Jesus came not only to forgive us of our sins, but to be our King, to be our Lord, to be the one in whom we, we give our allegiance, we submit to, we surrender to, we choose uh, to enter into his sufferings for others. And, and Lord, thank you for reminding us that when your kingdom came, uh, it came to the humble, it came to the broken, it came to the outcasts, and Lord, when you came with all of your power and all of your resources, you didn't use them for yourself. You poured them out. Your word says you emptied yourself so that we could be made rich. And Lord, may something in us be reminded that that's part of who we are as followers of Christ. Yes, we walk according to the Spirit, but we also embrace the sufferings of Jesus for the benefit of of others. And uh, if you're listening to these words and you've uh, never opened to the leadership and the lordship of Jesus, uh, maybe you're familiar with religion and maybe you're okay with religion uh, like Herod was, but you've never really surrendered your heart uh, to the leadership of Christ. And I would say to you, uh, yes, that's a big cost, uh, but the, the return will be greater than anything you could imagine. And uh, so if there's something in your heart that's ready uh, to do that, just pray these words in your heart or out loud. Lord Jesus, I recognize uh, your coming, that you are indeed the king sent by God to bring the kingdom of God into the world and into my world. And so, Lord, I want to open up uh, to that kingship. Uh, much like the wise men, I want to bow at your feet. I want to open my treasures to you and honor you, and I want to go where you're leading me, Lord. And if that involves a cost, I'm okay with that. I'm ready for that. And uh, so, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Uh, come in uh, to my life and begin to establish your kingdom in me and through me. In your name I pray. Amen.